Avengers Battle the Earthriker by Otto Binder. Read for you by John Wilson. Chapter 13 Avengers Darkest Hour Cap fell back as a roar burst from the rear of the rocket and a glowing flame drove it upward out of its launch cradle. Too late, crowed Cars. My rocket is on its way to space orbit above Earth. Cap clutched at him desperately, but once again met the diamond-hard, invisible shield of force that had previously protected the alien. I had to convert all my available power into the launching procedure before, Cars said, but now I can keep my shield around me again. He shrugged. It hardly matters that you dispose of my android bodyguard. You may as well share my joy now that Earth Doom number four is launched on schedule and hear all about it. I want you Avengers to know my achievements in full so that you will more exquisitely enjoy Zero Day when your world ends. Never mind rubbing it in, growled Cap. Let me hear the facts. Cars chuckled and went on. My aides in the 70th century devised and teletransported this launch rocket to me in the 20th century. Its payload is about to go into orbit. Cars pointed to a monitor screen in which the powerful rocket could be seen driving upward and starting to slant toward the horizontal. The booster separated, and the second stage drummed on faster and higher. Then the empty second stage separated, and floating in space was a shiny shell whose outer sheath split open to reveal an intricate satellite. The Storm Satellite, said Cars. As it spins around Earth every 90 minutes, it will spray down kinetic forces into the top layers of the atmosphere. A violent wind will gradually arise in the thin stratosphere and work its way down into the thicker air near Earth. You mean all the air around Earth will turn windy? Yes, in eight days. The satellite went into polar orbit, which means it will shift westward every revolution and thus will cover every area of the upper air daily. It will eventually whip up a super hurricane all over Earth with wind velocities of 500 miles an hour. Cap gasped. Most natural hurricanes are under 100 miles an hour. You can picture then. Cars gloated, what my supermind will do, blowing away people, cars, houses, everything. It will have the force to level the sturdiest steel skyscrapers, which will crash in big cities and create a further shambles. After a few hours, Earth's surface will be swept bare. Cap shuddered at the stark picture of wind-swept destruction. Of course said Cars. There won't be much left to be swept away after the giant comet crashes and the Antarctic floods arise and Earth's volcanoes erupt in unison. Do you think, Captain America, that even one person will be left alive on Earth after the four dooms strike? Cap choked, unable to answer. There won't be, Cars predicted savagely. 
and that means my goal will be accomplished eight days from now. With earthly civilization wiped out, there will be no human race to build up a superior technology that would, in the 70th century, smash my drive for galactic conquest. In short, the new parallel universe, or if universe will replace the former real universe and in the parallel universe i will win the galaxy cap felt hollow inside had this heartless monster won all what were his plans now with your four earth dooms launched are you going to return to the future not yet Cars answered, I will remain on 20th century Earth for three more days to observe and make sure the four dooms are properly building up to their climaxes. If one or more of them seems to be halting, I will make the proper adjustments to ensure their final success. Then I will say farewell to Earth forever. The alien's frosty eyes glared at Captain America triumphantly. Rest assured that no hitch in my world-wrecking plans will occur. In eight days, sic transit gloria mundi. And so passes away the glory of the world, muttered Cap, remembering the translation from the Latin from his college days. Rage boiled up in him now at the smug, ruthless monster from outer space and outer time. Leaping up, Cap slammed away at cars with all his power, or at the force shell protecting him. It was futile, senseless, Cap knew, yet he could not stop himself from hammering away until his knuckles cracked and bled. Cars was laughing harshly. Keep it up, asinine Avenger. You will never burst through my energy shell. Yet suddenly there was no invisible obstruction there, and Cap's fist connected solidly with the alien's chin, sending him head over heels. Cap stood stunned, hardly believing it had happened. Then he leaped forward and ripped the studded belt off of Cars, who was just dazedly picking himself out of the dirt. Without this belt of weapon rays or your force shield, you're my prisoner. But how can my force shield be gone? said the bewildered Cars. "'Because,' rang out a new voice, "'I penetrated it with my Z-ray, "'as I did once before in Antarctica.' "'Cap whirled. "'Iron Man!' "'Hi, Cap,' said Iron Man, "'landing with Hawkeye, whom he was towing. "'We came as soon as we could, all four of us. Four? "'But where are Goliath and Wasp?' "'Ant-Man, alias Goliath, and the Wasp, rode in style.' answered Iron Man with a grin, opening a pouch in his belt. Two tiny figures crept into his palm, and he lowered them to the ground. The next moment, the two human figures grew magically before their eyes until they were normal size. That pouch was rather stuffy, complained Goliath, and full of lint, added the wasp, brushing herself off. You're all a sight for sore eyes, said Cap happily, but then his face fell. But you came too late to stop Earth Doom Number Four. Briefly, he recounted the story of what the storm satellite would do. Maybe we're too late to stop that, said Iron Man, seizing the still dazed cars, but not too late to blackmail this fugitive from the future. Blackmail? echoed Cap, 
First of all, explained Iron Man, remember that we met only androids of cars in Antarctica and the South Seas. But this is the real cars now, handling the storm satellite's launch in person. Iron Man shook cars like a rat. And now here's the pitch, mister. It won't do you much good to be here for the end of the world, will it? If you die, too, in the Holocaust you caused, you can hardly return to the 70th century and carry out your conquest of space. Cars paled, and Iron Man went on measuring his words grimly. That's the blackmail, pal. We're offering you a trade. Your life for the lives of three billion doomed Earth people. I'm assuming that with your future science, you can somehow reverse or halt the Earth doom processes. Well, but what if I can't? Choked Cars, his face distorted with fright. Then you still stick with us as our prisoner for eight days. You'll have a grandstand seat for the big show as Earth cracks up around your ears as well as ours. Cars' face had turned to putty. Terror shone from his eyes. I... I don't know if the four dooms can be halted, he stammered. I never thought of it. Well, you'd better begin thinking now, spoke up Hawkeye. And if you fail... Whipping an arrow out of his quiver, he shot it at whistling speed past Cars' ear. You're going to die a thousand deaths in the next few days before the real thing comes. I'll use you for target practice every day, see? Goliath was shooting up to his full ten-foot size, and he now seized up the trembling alien in his two mighty paws. That is, Hawkeye will have you only in between the times I toss you around like this. Goliath flung the screeching alien up in the air like a mere toy. He sailed up and up to dizzy heights before he plummeted down into Goliath's waiting arms with a thud that knocked his breath out. The wasp, in her tiny size, next came diving down to jab her sting beam into Cars' shoulder. When the boys get tired entertaining you, I'll take over, she promised grimly. And I, added Iron Man, would like to put you in an armored suit, like a knight, and have some daily exercise with battle axes. I think, advised Cap mildly, you had better listen to them, Cars. Even though I'm the leader of the Avengers, I don't think I can hold them back. Besides, I might just happen to have my back turned. He grabbed Cars by the neck and shook a mighty bald fist in his face. And in case they slough off, I'll use you as a punching bag every hour on the hour. Give, you worm! Can you save Earth? But Cars was laughing now, wildly. Cap let him go, surprised. Did he lose his buttons? asked Hawkeye. But Cars did a more astounding thing seizing an arrow out of Hawkeye's quiver and plunging it into his chest, clear through his body. He's bumped himself off, groaned Goliath, as Cars fell to the ground. Pretty good play acting, see, senores? All the Avengers jerked at this new voice out of thin air, the voice of multilingual Cars. Then they saw the image of the alien's leering face floating toward them. Good grief, whispered Iron Man, towing the fallen body pierced by the arrow. Then this was an android too. Buenas noches, from the real cars, said the mocking image, 
what squares you Avengers are. Under my control, my guided android pretended fear and helplessness just to carry out the farce to its end. I have made utter fools of five great champions of Earth. They all looked the way they felt. Miserable. Victory had been snatched out of their hands. Let me explain, went on Cars. I sent out my three androids from the start to Antarctica, the South Seas, and the Sahara. I myself have been safely hidden in a secret haven all the time. Where? You'll never guess. I still must stay three days to make sure the four Earth Dooms are coming on schedule. Well, Avengers, an American phrase is most apt at this point. Cat got your tongue? None of them had anything to say. Farewell, said the image, receding and fading away. You'll never find me in my hidden haven. A last mocking laugh, then silence. There was an awkward silence among the five Avengers, too. At last, Hawkeye spoke up lamely. If mankind is doomed, simple. We resign from the human race. Nobody laughed, or even cracked a smile. Hawkeye dramatically drew out an arrow and pretended to stab himself as the android had. Three days to search the whole world for cars. Without a clue, said Cap, voicing the thoughts of all of them. We haven't got a ghost of a chance. Where would we look first? In the sea, said Iron Man calmly, looking at an instrument he had slipped out of his belt. That's where his image broadcast came from. You see, after that episode Hawkeye and I had in Antarctica, first meeting that image gimmick, I returned to my lab and worked on the problem before coming here, figuring cars would use the trick again. He tapped the transistorized instrument. I devised an image tracer covering every known kind of carrier wave in the spectrum. Gamma rays, X-rays, ultraviolet, optical, infrared, radar, and radio waves. I also hooked in the range of cosmic radiation in the area where electrons, neutrons, protons, and mesons operate as wave particles. I left nothing to chance. He looked at his wristwatch. I'm waiting for the built-in thumbnail computer to analyze all the data and pin down the exact spot under sea where Cars is hiding. Super science against super science, murmured Cap. That will be the only way to win out over Cars. Without you and the scientific genius you bring from Anthony Stark, Iron Man, well, we Avengers would have nothing to avenge. Ah, here are the results. Iron Man peered at a thin tape that came out of the side of the tracer device, imprinted with mathematical data. Hmm. According to latitude and longitude figures, Cars is in some sunken hideout in the deepest part of Earth's oceans, down in the Pacific Trench between Hawaii and Japan, seven and a half miles deep. But how do we get there? And what do we do? Hawkeye asked. That said Captain America, drawing himself up. It's something to be worked out at an Avenger conference among all of us. Back at headquarters. Let's go. Let's go.